Hi, Money Makers. Sebi and Josh here. Thanks for listening. Before we jump into this episode, please share and help our ministry. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Share with your friends, your family. Hey, if you have enemies, <laughs> share with them as well and everyone in between. Now enjoy the episode. The market is still very weak and everyone's wondering where do we go from here. On the last episode, we discussed the drivers of this weak market. We talked about interest rates, we talked about inflation rates, and overall, what is causing the market to be weak. In this episode, we're just going to discuss where are we going from here. In some research has shown that retail investors have significantly reduced. Even people who are semi-involved in finance or people who are heavy in finance have actually decided to take a step back from the finance industry because of how much they've been losing in the stock market. Mainly because now people are saying that we're looking more bearish. So now we're wondering or people are asking, hey, what do we do? I'm really confused. Do I continue in this market? Do I give up? Do I throw in the towel? Or do I just wait it out till it gets better than re-enter? So Joshua, what do we do from here? What's the strategy? Where do we go from here? Yeah, that's a good question. I think to answer this, we have to look at what has happened in previous stock market corrections and crashes. And I think the most recent one was what happened in 2020, the COVID crash as we see it. And that happened when we saw that COVID was going to be a big problem in America. And in March, we had a correction about 20% to the S&P 500. And this was something most people did not expect. And many people just sold everything and they got out of the market only for the market to recover two months later and just run so hard. And many of those people kind of regretted it because they they missed like gains of a lifetime. Something similar happened in 2008. Even though 2008, the crash was a little more prolonged. It happened about nine months to a year. That's how long the crash and the choppiness went on for before the market kind of recovered. Mm -hmm. And even after that, the market started running up again. So we see one important theme. Whenever the stock market crashes, eventually it picks up and starts going again. And why does that happen? It is because of the innovation of companies in America. Many companies are innovating so much every day. We look at it from AI to streaming to EVs to blockchain and cryptocurrency. People and companies are finding ways to make life easier for us every day. And this generates a lot of value. And this value turns into millions, sometimes even billions of dollars in sales and profits. And that's why I think many times, whenever we have a crash, eventually the market picks up itself and start running again because of how much value is created. Definitely. I 100% agree with you because one of the things that we don't want to make a mistake in is to miss this opportunity when everything is going for a discount. Because one of the things that people are trying to do is time the market. Like, hey, when are we going to get to that bottom and reverse and go up? And unfortunately, we don't have a crystal ball to see that. But one thing is for certain is that similar to how 2008 was, people who persevered and remained and bought in the bottom eventually recouped from the losses and got even more money. Many people who said, oh, we're going to leave the market and come back when it's good, never came in because why? They were thinking, oh, when is the market going to be low again so I can get to that price? And they missed that opportunity. 
So now what the strategy is for me is thinking, hey, when can I find the next Amazon stock? What's the next Amazon stock? Because right now, growth stocks are going to be the future. So the strategy here is to look for really good companies and then put your money in here when it's a discount. Remember, we talked about your averaging in. So what would you say are good ways to identify amazing companies since we are in a discount? Because we don't just want to invest in companies that will just exist. We want to invest in companies that will thrive. 50% year of revenue, earnings always being beat. So that's what we're looking for. So how would you identify these companies? Yes, I think the first thing I'll look at is revenue growth. One thing that Wall should always respect is a company that can grow their revenue even beyond the estimate of analysts. Companies that can grow their revenue exponentially, way higher than its peers. Mm -hmm. After that, because of the potential interest rate environment we might be in, the Fed, they want to raise rates. They will mm -hmm. probably raise rates in March. So I want to be in a company that has positive free cash flows so they don't have to borrow so much. Even if they have to borrow, it won't be as much as companies who are cash flow negative. Mm -hmm. After that, another thing I look at is the management. I like to look at the CEO, the CFO, basically everyone in the C-suite. I like to look at their history. What companies are they coming from? And they succeed in those roles. You know, and I think this quality cannot be quantified because there is no real number to show how good the management is. Well, we can take a look at their history to see how well they performed in the past. And another thing I feel is also very important is the industry. Mm, yeah, We want to be in industries that are going to grow in the future. They're accelerating. We don't want to be in industry that are, that are declining. Yeah. An example is energy. You know, and many people talk about energy. And I think in the short term, energy can do very, very well. Because remember, we just had the eruption that happened um, this week. So that can potentially disrupt oil moving. And that will give you the boost in oil prices. But in the long term, look what's going on with the environment. We know that the days of oil, it's numbered. So apart from maybe a short-term or a medium-term trade, me personally, I have no business owning oil in my, in my portfolio because I think it's just a matter of time before we fully transition to cleaner energy. It might be solar, you know, it might be nuclear. There's so many options. So that's another thing I look at, what industry the company is. Those are just some few pointers I look at. And now the companies you want to stay clear off of, in my opinion, are companies that are not making any money. Remember, in 2020, when the Fed cut rates to 0%, everything was going up. The companies that were making money, the companies that were not making money, as long as you were a quote-unquote high-growth company, they ran the stock up. And now we're seeing that the they're taking away the punch from the party. The Fed will take away the punch from the party because the one to raise rates, yeah. a lot of those stocks have started to deflate. Some have deflated over 50%. And guess what? They're still expensive. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So we do not want to be in those kind of stocks. Like I always say, I like the fangs. Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix. Hey, some people might argue that Netflix is no, shouldn't be part of it. Netflix. <laughs> mm -mm, Netflix Google, no. Microsoft, in my opinion, NVIDIA. Those companies, for me, they fit the bill in, in terms of industry, in terms of leadership, in terms of growth, and in terms of free cash flow. And like you said earlier, no one can catch the bottom. It's not easy to catch the bottom. So many people. The best way is to average in. And I believe this requires some sort of planning. For example, let's say you want to put $5,000 into a certain stock. You've, you know, you've researched 
and you're ready. How about you deployed that cash, maybe one five every week, a thousand five every week, and maybe if it goes very very low, you might buy a little more than a thousand five hundred, and that way you just keep averaging in, averaging in, averaging in. As long as the long term story stays intact, you should have great returns over the next five years. I believe that should be the time horizon for any long term investor, at least five years. I agree. I agree 100%. I think I like how you broke it down into, first of all, their revenue, because that's what's going to determine how much cash they will have, looking at their income statement, their balance sheet, as well as their statement of cash, because cash is king. You're also thinking about their management, because if the management is bad, it doesn't matter how great the product is, it's still going to go down. I'm thinking of BlackBerry back in the day, when the management was not talking about innovation, saying nobody was going to buy iPhones and not even trying to get into them. And now look, BlackBerry phones don't even exist anymore. And also the industry is key because we're thinking of industries of the future because there are industries that will cease to exist. There are many companies that are always being kicked out of the S&P 500 every day and new ones that are always being brought in. I personally not a fan of Netflix. I will switch <laughs> Netflix and put in Tesla in there because Netflix, uh-uh. <laughs> they don't even bring that much good shows anyway. So not Netflix, in my opinion. But but for sure, I would definitely switch out and think like, hey, going into the future, what am I looking for? What is going on in my life? Where I work? What do I use? What technology is there? For me, I'm really looking in the chip's name because anything technology involved, chips yeah. are going to be there. So those semiconductor names are heavy for sure. So that's how personally I will be thinking about when I'm going shopping in this discount period, getting your money right. I intend to moving potentially even more so around March, keep averaging until March and see where the market goes from there. Because typically March is usually expected to be weak, even though we didn't see any Santa Claus rally or anything, but things are going down anyway. So I won't be surprised if March (laughs) is much worse, but for sure that's when I'm like, okay, I've averaged in what's much looking like. Do I stop averaging in? Do I think about getting in more? Because this is really a good time to get the bank for your buck. You People are always yeah. talking about Black Friday. If you have $5,000, if the market is really <laughs> bullish, you have less shares. But if you have $5,000 and the market is really bearish, you get more shares. And these could grow. Yeah. Isn't it funny when the market is going up, that's when people want to buy. But when the dip, <laughs> Everyone says, oh, I'm waiting for a dip. But when the dip comes, you're running away. (laughs) Why are you running? No, but I feel like it's definitely human nature. It's easy. Mm -hmm. People want to be associated with success. No one wants to be associated with anything that is failing. So obviously when something is going up, everybody wants to run on, you know, on that horse. Everyone wants to ride the horse, get on that wave. But when things, the ship is sinking, everyone's jumping off. No one is going yeah. to be here with you. You just have to decide what you want to do for your money. It's funny. And that's where the big bucks are made. Exactly. You know? If there's a thousand ships, you know, going down, which of them have the high, highest chance of coming back up? Yes. And that's is what many people are looking for. Okay, this one is going to smash 50%. This one is down 40%. Which ones? Will people look back and be like, oh my gosh, I should have bought the dip. Because we always have those. Look at what happened during COVID. When Amazon, Google, all those great companies go smack. And I think investing also requires a lot of thinking ahead. Many people forgot that COVID will make companies to adapt even better. 
And that's why many of those companies came out of COVID better than they were before. The mm-hmm. likes of Domino's Pizza, Chipotle. Now their online platform is way better than it would have ever been if COVID did not happen. Yeah. So that's one thing that we missed back then. So the question right now, what are we missing? What piece of information on some of these companies that, are, that have gotten destroyed are we missing? And that's something you know we as investors have to be proactive about and learn about. Well, yeah, I definitely think people should be very much intentional with their money and not just allow fear to keep yeah. Because for the most part, what I've seen most of the time is when people say, oh, they are leaving the market and maybe they'll, they'll come back when things get better. Chances are they would not. And yeah. that's really unfortunate. And then you begin to regret. And then you begin to wait until the market gets bad. <laughs> and when it's bad, you don't get in. Yeah, especially so, people who've lost money, you know. Yeah. I hear people say the generation of the investors from 2008, 2007, many of them, whenever they hear market, uh, they just run away. But the people who <laughs> because of the experience they had. People who persevered in there. Yes, exactly. They're balling. Money. They made yeah, so much now. money. People who persevere, they're like, hey, the market is down. Even with the housing market and the stock market, they are the ones who have like four properties now. And yes. now, because of the boom that happened, they are the ones who really It's worth so much more. Yes. Exactly. What I think is many of us, we approach the market wrong. We're doing it wrong. And like you said, it's human nature. But yeah. in my opinion, to be successful, we have to go against that human nature. Do you know what happens? When the market goes down, Many people sell the positions for a loss. But when the market makes new all-time high, that's when they get in. But they don't know that typically when a market or a stock makes a new all-time high, there's a good chance that it pulls back. Right. So they literally sell the bottom many times and they buy the top. How do you make money there? Well, it should be the opposite. You know, when the market is tanking, that's where you should do your shopping mm-hmm. and buy the great companies you've been looking at for some time. Mm-hmm. And when maybe it gets to that all-time high, you take some of the table or you leave it for the long term. That's how investing should be done, not vice versa, not chasing the top and selling the bottom. I definitely would say a name that I'm actually looking forward to and ex- and I'm wanting to see how they would perform in the future is definitely AMD. That's something mm-hmm. that I am excited for. I am heavily invested in AMD. I think they're doing good. And you're holding your own, even in this turbulent market. I really like AMD a lot. The management is great. Uh, They're in the semiconductor industry. So they are in front runner. Well, NVIDIA is there, but I feel like NVIDIA is super expensive. So, I mean, if you want to invest something more expensive, but I feel like with the price in the industry, I'm definitely moving for AMD. What stock will you be looking forward to? I think the stock I'm looking forward to, to perform well, is Amazon. And I remember I was, yeah, I was doing some research to see why Amazon has been lagging the market. This is because they've been doing a lot of CapEx expenditure. So we know the kind of business they're in. They actually have to manage physical property, real property, while companies like uh, Microsoft, they don't really have many physical assets. And I've noticed that the way they perform, they have cycles. So whenever, and you can look at this over the past you know, a few years, whenever they have a cycle of spending, a cycle of CapEx, they don't earn that much. Their sales are not that great. They're still very good, but not that great. But after the CapEx spending, that is when we start to see the fruits of the labor. Look at what's going on with AWS. 
I was watching CNBC last week and we were talking about Amazon and how Amazon, have, they've been hiring so many engineers because they really want to concentrate on the software aspect of their business. So you have a company that's not only dominating e-commerce, they also want to dominate software as a service. Yeah. You know, so I think it might not be now. I won't be surprised to see Amazon consolidate for a few few more months. But I think eventually when this CapEx cycle is over, we're going to start to see the fruits of the labor. And I think they will most likely outperform the rest of the fan because Amazon barely, I think they barely even close green for 2021. When yeah. the likes of Google, Microsoft, Apple had returns well over 10, 15%. Yeah. So for me, this is the time. You know, when everyone is saying Amazon, Amazon, this is the time you might want to take a look at it. In my opinion, a few months or maybe a few years from now, that is when people are going to start chasing Amazon when many of their plans come to fruition. Interesting. I would have never like picked Amazon mainly because that's a three thousand dollars stock. <laughs> <laughs> With three thousand dollars, I could buy a lot of AMDs. But <laughs> I-, I feel like. Given the fact that, man, if this stock goes up to $10,000, that's insane. And they still have a lot of growth potential because people just think Amazon and they're thinking of just buying books and ordering things. They don't think of the web service. They don't think that is attached to Whole Foods. They don't think- The streaming as well. Yeah, as a streaming, a software streaming platform as well. They don't think of its music. Many things that Amazon, Amazon has its tentacles everywhere, giving me Coca-Cola vibes, (laughs) (laughs) but definitely. Well, thank you guys for hanging with us in this episode. We hope you enjoy. Please share with your friends and your families and have a blessed one, guys. Have a good one, guys.